0: Well, without further ado, I'd like you to rise here in the room and welcome Pastor Steve Coy. He's bringing the message today. Thanks, Pastor Steve.
1: But today, what I'm going to share with you is something that I heard about, but I didn't believe. Or you could say my belief was in vain. Because I had this wrong idea about who this Jesus was. And what we believe about Jesus changes everything. Just as we talked about what we believe in the Father changes things, what we believe about Jesus changes everything. Now, this is approximately when I was 16 years old. This is after my I ended up going to a Christian school. I still didn't follow Jesus, but I was in a Christian school. And they made me cut my hair. It was down to here. It was beautiful. And then they made me cut it. And this is what you ended up with. Uh, Love those glasses. They're back in style, um, kind of, right? (laughs) So it's kind of funny how things just come around. But even though I was going to a Christian school, even though I was going to church, even though I had gone through a Reformed Church of America's catechism, even though I had stood in front of a church group of people and said, I believe, I didn't believe. You see, I kind of had this attitude. um, (laughs) 1978, there was a Billy Joel song, um, My Life. I I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. Go ahead with your own life. Leave me alone. And I had a couple predecessors before me, both of my sisters who had gone into high school and had gotten in all kinds of trouble with drugs and other stuff. And I wanted to be just like them. Because they seemed to be having a lot of fun. Now, despite the fact that My sister ran away one night on a bicycle, got lost. She got caught with uh, pot. She got caught with coke. Um, Besides her getting married at a young age and having a baby and then having a terrible, terrible divorce, I wanted to be just like them because it just seemed so fun. Really smart, wasn't I? Really smart. But that was my attitude. I don't care. This is my life. Now, you could say, Steve, didn't you see the consequences? Didn't you see what was coming? Didn't you see the effect it had on your sisters? Did you not see the effect it had on most of your cousins? Did you not see the effect it was having on your friends? I never said I was brilliant. I never said I was wise. And I was locking myself into a prison and didn't even realize. But April 28th, 1982, a long time ago, I heard a message about Jesus Christ that just changed my life. You see, because what we believe about Jesus Christ changes everything. And I'm not talking about the Jesus Christ we think we know. Or the Jesus Christ that we want to be like us. I'm talking about the Jesus Christ that is in Scripture. The Jesus Christ who really lived, really died, really rose again. And who's one day coming back. You see, what we believe matters. And I'm going to be going through a lot of verses today. Not not near what I could have put, but I did, for those of you online, I put all the verses, uh, well, Jessica did for me, but the verses are on Facebook page, on the link there, and also on the YouTube, the verses are acceptable. Uh, acceptable? Not acceptable. A- accessible. English is my first language, believe it or not. They are access- accessible there. And you can catch those. So if you're watching online, you can follow there. And also if you're here today and you go, what did he all talk about? You can go online and review those. But let's start and remember the key. The key is the fact that we have to believe this truth. And the Apostles' Creed was given for the early church. And they said, hey, if you want to be baptized and say that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to understand this is what we are saying we believe. And so, as we go through this Apostles' Creed, could you who are here read it with me? And if you're online, you can also follow along. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. But today we want to focus on, I believe, in Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ, He, His only Son, speaking of God the Father, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, in Galatians chapter 4, it tells us, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, born under the law. You see, throughout ages... From the beginning of time, way back in Genesis 3, verse 15, God says that he was going to send a seed through the woman to bruise the head of the serpent. And that was symbolic that a Savior was coming who would crush the works of Satan. Satan had come to steal and kill and destroy, according to John 10.10. But God, in his perfect timing, was going to send his son, send a seed through the woman to rescue us. And this person happens to be the one and only Jesus Christ. He comes at the perfect time. That's why we want to say we believe in Jesus Christ. Not anybody else. We don't believe in Buddha. We don't believe in Muhammad. We don't believe in our ancestors. We don't believe in other gods. We believe in one Lord and Savior. And His name is is Jesus Christ. And God, throughout history, worked history from the very beginning of creation all the way through the time of Egypt, all the way through the time of David, all the way through the time of the Roman Empire coming to existence. And He set it all up that at the perfect time, Jesus Christ would come and live on this earth. And why is it important? Because in Acts 16, it tells us that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household will be saved. Well, what, what does that do you mean, you and your household? What does it mean to be saved? Well, we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. But I want us to look at this part. His only Son, our Lord. Now, Thomas. Remember, remember the story of Thomas after Jesus rose from the dead? There was this guy, one of the uh, disciples... Doubting Thomas, who Jesus appears to the ten, but Thomas isn't with them. And they all see Jesus resurrected, and they're like, oh, man, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And Thomas is like, unless I put my hand on his side, my hand in his finger, you know, in the holes where he was pierced, I'm not going to believe. Well, Jesus shows up a week later, Thomas is there, and Jesus says, here, here's my side, here's my hand. It's really me. And what does Thomas say? He says, my Lord and my God. You see, there was a big debate about who Jesus was. Even at the very beginning. Because some people go, well, I, I can't imagine that God would die for me. Therefore, they tried to confine Jesus into just being a man. Jesus was just a good man who died for us. But the problem is that doesn't cut what Scripture says. And if he was just a man, a regular human being, I have my own issues. All right? I have sinned in my life. What does sin mean? I have broken what God says not to do, and I have not done what he's told me to do. That's sin. Anybody here ever break any of God's commands? Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor or lie. Maybe once or twice in my life. Well, there's another one. (laughs) (laughs) I can't pay for anybody else's sin because I have my own. But there was people who wanted to say Jesus was just a man, but if he was just a man, he couldn't have paid for our sin if he was only human. And there was others who had said, well, Jesus is just a spirit. This guy, Jesus, was kind of born, but then later on, the spirit of Christ came upon him, and then the spirit of Christ was there. But see, Jesus never really had this body. He wasn't really man. He was like this a ethereal being. Again, English, man, tough. But that's not what the Scripture says, and that's not what the early church taught, and it's not what we need to believe today. You see, Jesus was God and man, fully God and fully man. How did that happen? Well, it says in the Creed, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Both things happen. He was from God, and yet he was from the seed of the woman. He actually was physically conceived and born, but yet from God. Fascinating verses. In Luke chapter one, beginning in verse 31, it's "The angel comes down to Mary and says, "And behold, you're, you're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son." And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. That doesn't sound like a person. That sounds like God. And then Mary's like, um, excuse me. Key word, the Virgin Mary. (laughs) Virgins don't give birth. There was no such thing as in utero transplants or anything at that time. This did not happen. So she's like, Excuse me, how's this going to happen? And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born to you is to be called holy. The Son of God. Man, God, 100% 100% both. The early church taught that. And the Apostles' Creed was kind of worded. Then when you get to the Nicene Creed, it even emphasizes these two facts even more. That He was God and He was man. He both was the Son of God who was forever and ever. Amen? And yet He was also man. He hungered. He needed to sleep. And when He was crucified, He felt ever bit of pain and he suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified died and was buried he descended to hell the third day he rose again from the dead <laughs> paul in 1st corinthians 15 the first 5 verses a lot of people call that the gospel in a nutshell because it's the gospel condensed in just a few verses. It explains everything, mostly. (laughs) And he says, now I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel, the good news I preached to you, which you received, in which you now stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. He's getting ready to tell them, hey, guys, what I'm about to tell you is so important. Because if you believe anything else besides what I'm going to tell you, your belief is in vain. There's nothing worse than an empty belief. Have you ever believed in something that just did not happen because it was empty? You know, I really believed I was going to win that billion-dollar lottery, but it didn't work. Believed in something, I didn't. But, you know, you can believe stuff, and when it, uh, if it's empty, it doesn't matter. Or you can believe something wrong. What I believe and what is reality sometimes are separate. But Paul says you have to join your belief to reality. And the reality is the gospel of Jesus Christ that he is getting ready to share that Jesus Christ was crucified. For I delivered you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, meaning Peter, then to the twelve. Paul says, you really have to understand this. Scripture says that the Messiah would be pierced for our transgressions. He would be bruised for our iniquities. By His stripes we are healed. The Scripture clearly teaches that. In Psalm 22, it talks about Him being pierced for us. Again, huge passages of Scripture talking about the birth and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here Paul says, Jesus Christ fulfilled all those Scriptures and that he died on the cross, but he died for a reason. He died for our sins. Jesus did not go to the cross to set a nice example. Jesus did not go to the cross to to make it so that, hey, you know, you can have your best life now. Jesus Christ went to the cross to pay for my sins. He went to the cross to pay for your sins. Those things that we committed that God told us not to do that we did. And the things that God told us to do that we didn't do. Both sins of omission and commission and omission. Christ went to the cross to pay for our sins. He died for us. He who am om, 1 Peter tells us, he himself bore our sins on the tree. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. Catch what it says there? By Himself He bore our sins on the tree. Or He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree. He took our sins on Himself. Why? Why? that we might also be dead to sin and live to righteousness. Jesus Christ didn't go to the cross so you can have your sins forgiven and keep living the same way. I want you to hear that. Christ did not die to make you a such-and-such sin Christian. Whatever sin you have in front of your name, alcoholic Christian, Adulterous Christian, fornicating Christian, transgender Christian. He didn't die for you to have that identity. He died to redeem you from that identity and make you a follower of Him. He died on the cross to pay for your sins completely and fully that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. That is the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He tells us that he descended to hell. What does that mean? He took all of that weight of our sin, all of the eternal punishment that we deserved. How did he do it? By canceling the record of our debt. He canceled the record of our debt. He carried it all uh, on the cross. And then it says that he took that debt and he nailed it to the cross. Every accusation ever said against me or said against you has been nailed to the cross. Hey, Steve, I, I remember in fifth grade when you cheated on that test. Spelling test, for those who want to know. That was nailed to the cross. Hey, Steve, you struggled with pornography. Yeah, nailed to the cross. What is? What, what do you struggle with? What are you dealing with? Your debt has been nailed to the cross. Well, you know, I really haven't been a very good witness. I've failed so many times to share my faith. Nailed to to the cross. The debt has been paid completely and fully by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by canceling the record of the debt that stood against us with its legal demands. You see, Satan wants to accuse us of all of our past failures and sins. He wants to tell us that we can never, never become what God wants us to be. And Jesus Christ says, no, I nailed it to the cross. I canceled all those debts. You can now live a life of righteousness. I want you to think about something real quick. We've been reading passages written by Peter and passages written by Paul. The Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul. Think about those two guys. Who were they? Peter told Jesus, I'll die for you. And then the first chance after he says that that he has, he denies Christ. Not once, but three times. Peter was also a braggart. Peter also thought of himself quite highly at times. And yet, this betrayer, this person who was power hungry, this denier of Christ, what does Jesus say to him? He says, all that debt has been canceled. It's been forgiven. And then you got Paul. Paul's writing and says, man, this, this has been taken care of. It's been nailed to the cross. Well, Paul, how do you know that? Well, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He was what we would call a religious zealot. Or an extreme fundamentalist of the Jewish faith. In current terms, right? And he went out and was killing Christians. He was a murderer of Christians. And what Jesus says, Oh, your hands be full of blood. My blood washes away all that guilt, all that stain. And how do we know it's true? The third day, (laughs) the third day, the third day after his crucifixion and after being buried, he rose again from the dead. Christ was raised again to life. Again in 1 Corinthians 13, that Christ died for our sins to Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, who is Peter. This one who denied him, this one who betrayed him, Jesus appears to him. Think about that. This is fantastic news for all of us. He And we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, in a few weeks, because Easter's coming up. Because Christ rose again from the dead, He seals the fact that the debt has been paid. It proves that everything was taken care of. There is nothing else to pay for. You see, Jesus entered once into the holy place, Hebrews 9.12, not by the blood of goats or um, lambs, but by His own blood. Securing an eternal redemption. Eternally redeeming us from our past. Eternally redeeming us from our present. And because he's God and king of Lord of all time, who has no beginning and no end, anything we might fail in the future, it's all done. It's an... What kind of redemption? You can say it out loud. It's an eternal redemption. Say it with conviction. It's an eternal redemption. One more time with gusto. It's an eternal redemption. It doesn't end. And once you're in, and once you believe that fact, you can't get out of it. And that's fantastic news. But there's a problem. Anybody else like this guy? You beat yourself up. That's called self-flagitation. And some people do it to pay penance for their sin. You know, Steve, I've never done anything like that because that looks like it hurts. But do you do it to yourself? Do you do it by trying to be perfect? And anytime you fail in your walk with God, you just go, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm just a lousy Christian. Or I don't even know if I'm a Christian. Because, man, I cannot live up to these standards. Or I am just not succeeding. Or, you know, I, I set out that at the beginning of the year, I was going to read my Bible every day. I just don't do this faith very well. I'm going to pray. I don't do that well. I'm going to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. Oh, I suck. And we beat ourselves up. We try to pay for our own sin. We have this idea that somehow perfectionism, trying to live up to God's standards, will somehow be able to perform. We We try to please God with our performance. We keep calling ourselves stupid, dumb, or worthless. But Jesus went to the cross because He loved us. And He took all of that and said, you don't have to perform anymore. It's all been paid for. Every single Wrong. Anything that you feel guilt or shame over, it's been paid for by Jesus Christ. You see that kid right there? It's been a few years since that picture. And the stuff I did before I knew Jesus, and even the stuff I did after I trusted Christ as my Savior, There's only a handful of people who know all the trash. But you know the truth? It's all been paid for. I've been redeemed because I believe in Jesus Christ. What you believe matters, it gives you hope for today, it gives you hope for eternity. You see, when we have communion right here, it's this beautiful, beautiful gift that God gave us to remember. To remember that Jesus paid it all. Jay, do you mind if I leave communion today? I would ask that you take your communion cup. If you have something at home, you could take milk and Oreo cookie. It doesn't matter. But if you have juice, and you have something, my wife and I have been using a pretzel because it reminds us that when his body is broken for us, If today, you've been kind of wondering, does it really matter what I believe about this Jesus? It makes all the difference in the world. That you believe that he was the Son of God and the Son of Man who lived the perfect life that you could not live, died the death that you deserved, and rose again three days later to give you eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life with him. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is what we get to share. You see, when I accepted Christ, April 28, 1982, that very night, I dedicated my life to proclaiming the good because what else is more important if you never trusted christ as you receive these elements trust him and if you have trusted but you've been just dealing and struggling with self-flagitation and beating yourself up over your past or even your present stop it <laughs> by believing and trusting that he paid it all he's your identity So as we partake of this, Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken for us. And Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Heal our hearts. Heal our brokenness. Heal our souls, our minds today may we trust that you died for our sins in Jesus' name. And as we partake of the cup, the juice, this one's childproof. No, it really is. You get the point? The plastic part came up with the other part. But this represents his blood that was shed for us. Yeah, I get it. Thank you. Think about that. His blood was shed to make us whiter than snow in his eyes. The power of the new covenant We thank you, Lord Jesus, in remembrance of you, in remembrance of him. And as Paul says, we do this to show the Lord's death till he comes again. May we rejoice. May we be excited about his coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Jay?
0: Steve, what a wonderful reminder for all of us today of the good news of the gospel, what the Lord has done for us, who he is. He is the God-man, fully God, fully man. I'm so thankful for how he humbled himself to come in our place to die for us. We need to be reminded of these things. We need to be in our word. We need to be reading through this. We need to be ruminating on it. We need to go to him and speak with him and have him reveal himself to us. Lord, I just thank you so much for how you're bringing us through this time, Lord, where you're bringing us back to so many basic elements of our faith, so many foundational aspects of who we are in you, Lord, and who you are. I thank you, Lord, for how you've been calling us to deeper commitment to you, Lord, a deeper commitment to your word, a deeper commitment to one another. I thank you, Lord, for how you are purifying us. Lord, I pray for everyone who is here today or watching online, Lord, who. You've been speaking to today, Lord, drawing us closer to you. Lord, for those, like Steve said, who may not have ever put their faith in you, Lord Jesus, I just pray for them right now, Lord, that they would come before you and declare, Lord Jesus, you are the son of the living God. You came and you died in my place. You paid the price for my sins. Lord, you were resurrected on the third day, and I believe in you. I come to you. I let you be my king. I declare you are my king. I want to come out of darkness into light. I want to follow you and lay aside my old identity, Lord, and become new creation in you. Lord, I pray for everyone who's putting their faith in you right now. Lord, for all those also like Steve prayed for, Lord, who've known you, And have felt overwhelmed by their sin or their wandering or whatever else it is, Lord, that's tried to draw them away from you. I pray for their hearts right now, Lord, that they would turn once again to you, Lord Jesus, and recommit their hearts to you right now in this season. I thank you for your grace, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, as we go through this week, I ask that you would bless your people. I ask as we come to you in worship and as we come to you in our prayer time and as we come to you, Lord, in our quiet time, opening your scripture, that you would reveal your heart to us in deeper ways, in new ways. For those who have felt disconnected, Lord, they would feel reconnected to you this week. And bless your people right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All rise. Thank you very much for being with us this week. I want to meet with our new guest. Welcome here today. If it's your first time, you're going to meet out in the hospitality room near the front door. Just get to meet with you guys. And if you're online uh, and it's your first time, just say hi, say hi so that we're able to connect with you. God bless you all. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.